Hey, you're listening to Journey to Truth podcast. This is our second pop-up podcast. Uh, the first one was with Tim Sanders. This is something a little new we're trying, uh, which we explained in the last one. But today we are joined by Susan Walter. And Susan is an intuitive, visionary artist. After near-death experiences as a child, Susan was given the ability to see into the angelic realms, allowing her to see angels in their pure light form. She uses this ability to draw your angels, portrait, and relay messages and insights from your angels. Susan is also an artist, author of Solfeggio Mandela Activation Guides and Meditation Decks, assisting us to realign with our original blueprint. She also creates healing art with a conscious heart from her visions during meditation. This is her way of connecting with the divine and to assist humanity to do the same and recognize the divine within ourselves and each other's. Uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. Susan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me guys. It's, I've been watching you guys for oh, probably about three or four months. So it's a real honor to be on your show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we're, yeah. we're glad to have you. So I guess let's just jump into it and let's explain or explain to people who you are, which I just did, but it kind of explain the process in your art and how you came into learning this ability or discovering this? Um, like you said, I had um, NDEs as a small child, um, and during the life-saving surgeries that I had to go through, um, I went someplace else. Um, I, you know, it, to me, it looks like the most beautiful garden you could possibly imagine. Um, the, you know, trees that were just massive, probably like what we would equate to uh, redwoods today, though at, at you know, the young age and living, growing up on a farm in Iowa, I had no idea what that was. Um, but uh, yeah, and was introduced to these beings that, yeah, they had had to been, you know, 15 feet tall, and even they couldn't touch the branches of the trees. And there was just, you know, all these beautiful flowers and animals just kind of every place. And I'd don't remember seeing any other beings other than the three main angels that were there at this at that time. But uh, and just after experiencing that, I was just able to see them all the time. Wow! It, wow, that's amazing. And you, so you see them when all you see you see them all the time, or do you have to be look, consciously looking for them? Um, no, I, um, as a child, and as I was growing up, no, I didn't. They were just there. Um, but um, I was only able to see my own until 97. And then in 97, I started noticing that I wasn't seeing just my own. I was seeing everybody else's. And then, of course, the first thing is like, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. yeah. And um, so there was an argument that went on for several months because um, I wasn't in the least bit busy with two teenage sons and two toddlers at that time. And one other minor detail I didn't know how to draw. <laughs> I, I had no idea. So I really kind of consider myself to be angel taught. Yeah, well, your artwork is beautiful. Uh, and we'll put some of it up while this is airing. We'll have it pop up uh, so people can check it out. And I imagine that's some of your art behind you. So clearly it looks like you definitely learned how. In the <laughs> um, yeah, and just continue to experiment with different things and different mediums all the time. That's, that's amazing. Beautiful. So if someone wanted to come to you uh, and 
and have I guess do you what do you offer to people? With um, I so now I do I do do the angel portraits for people, um, and I can do that. Um, my first choice is always to do it in person, but that's not always possible. Um, I can do it. I've been doing it from photo for a long time, but I recently started doing it um, via Zoom, just like this as well. So and those can be scheduled. We can schedule those anytime. So what do you see behind us right now? <laughs> um, and I have kind of learned how to tone the volume down just a little bit, just because you know, going to the grocery store and doing simple everyday stuff got to be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so imagine. now I've learned it that I I just see these balls of color that's just constantly moving, unless until I have the intention of setting with somebody um, with what, whatever, you know, medium, but, um, and then just one will step forward and take shape and define color. So they choose which one I'm supposed to draw. Oh, wow. That's the angels do. And I've heard other people uh, who have abilities like that empaths, uh, a friend of mine, actually, um, her brother passed away and it seemed like it unlocked something in her. She like became a medium. She was getting all these voices, but she couldn't go in public because she was getting bombarded with all these voices in her head and mm -hmm. she would panic and she didn't know how to control it. So it, that, that's something that I think you should touch on and tell people how you were able to turn, turn that down and, you know, at least exist in the mainstream in public without having to be uh, going into a panic attack. Uh, yeah, it took a little practice. Um, and one of the first things I did is ask them to help me with that. And they were, yeah, so my personal angels that helped me, you know, do this, you know, for other people and help other people connect in this way have been the ones that have helped me do that. Interesting. Yeah, and it took time. It, yeah. It, you know, it took a few years. Do you have any advice or any, anything that you could tell someone? Um, the first thing I would say is, is to incorporate a meditation practice and start talking to your angels on a daily basis. Yeah, that's crucial. Yeah. That's something I'm, we all need to work on. I, I yeah. still do. It's, yeah. it's hard to make it a habit. You know, you need to make something a habit. You know, I remember sometimes, mm -hmm. but do I think about it all the time? No, you know, and that's really where the challenge is. Yeah, and it's not just always asking for help either. Make sure you acknowledge and thank for the help that you do receive. I think that it's like the more gratitude they that you know you have for what help you do receive, it's the more likely they are to continue with that help and assistance. Yeah. So yeah. So can you do you have to give them permission to help? How does that work? Because I've heard like people can ask and you can ask all you want, but you also have to give them permission or is asking giving permission. And to me, asking is giving permission. Um, but if you feel like you, if that's what you feel like you need to do, do it. Yeah. And I think after a while, you know, the more you work with them, the, the easier that communication is going to get. Yeah. So I'm curious about these 15 foot tall beings that you saw. Yeah, and those are just three of my main personal angels. You know, most people just talk about the archangels, you know, Michael, Raphael, you know, but you know, those, you know, those angels are ones that they will come and go as needed. 
um, but your personal ones will stay with you at all times. They might occasionally like go ahead of you to lay things out and make sure they happen in the way that is in your best and highest good. Um, sometimes they might stay at home, but they're still going to be within your, you know, where you're moving and traveling. Um, and you do have one that's ref I refer to as your main guardian angel. And when I draw them, this one always reveals themselves as having a breastplate. Um, but they are the ones that have been with you, not just this lifetime, but all of your lifetimes in physical form. That's, wow. that's amazing. So do you, so I guess synchronicity, you know, the numbers and all these other signs, like what are ways, let's just say someone is totally new to this and then just now tuning in. Uh, what are signs they can look for? It might be their guides or their angels trying to communicate with them. Um, and a lot of times it can be the triple digits. Um, yeah, and you can see them on the clock and license plates. Yeah, I've seen them on you know, the gas pump when I was getting gas, different numbers pop up. Yeah, um, when I'm at the grocery store, yeah, and you go to pay your bill and it tends to, yeah, that happens to me all the time. But I know um, I also get messages in music. Um, a lot, especially, you know, when you just jump in the car and you pop, turn on the radio, usually, you know, within five minutes, there's something I get some sort of message. And usually it's a lot of, it's just, you know, a reminder that we're, they're there and they're, you know, we're here to support you. Um, and sometimes it can be a little reminder too, of a lesson that you're working on, you know, you know, something you're trying to learn at this point in your life. Yeah, and all of us, I think, are trying going through um, our patience is being tried right now because we're, you know, taking the, you know, our patience to another level. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a test for everyone right now. Mm -hmm. It and is. Like Aaron says, it's a or who said it? It's a. a what did you? A dark night of soul. A collective. Yeah, collective dark, dark, night, collective night, dark night of soul. soul. It is in, in a way. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Now, I, I want to stick on the synchronicity thing for a little bit because it's something that I had to learn on my own for a long time, you know, and you, you finally figure out that if we can help steer people in the right direction. So if you do see numbers, like, what can that mean? Can, like you said, does that mean just they're, they're just reminding you that they're there and you can call mm -hmm. on them? Or, and then obviously certain numbers mean different things and you can, right. you can look that up online or sometimes you're told to be mindful of what you're thinking at that exact moment you saw those mm -hmm. numbers. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you, is um, yeah, the numbers, you know, because it all relates to frequency too. Um, and that's the sophagio work that I've done as well because um, the sophagio frequencies, which are all based on Pythagorean math and stuff, but uh, yeah, they're all numbers that add up to three, six, or nine. Well, you do those triple digits one, 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 two, 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 you know, they're all going to add up to three, six or nine as well. And, um, and each one of those frequencies, you know, can assist us in different ways um, as well. And they, as well as just reminding us that we, you know, we have the support. Okay. Yeah. And we're not, we're never alone. There is yeah. somebody that's got our back. I, I fully believe that. Uh, ask Aaron, uh, we have visible orbs in we, this house. <laughs> I, we both see orbs constantly in this yeah. house. And it's, something, yeah. and it's something that wasn't always visible to me, but I think at a certain point, 
they're either allowing you to see them or you've mm-hmm. risen to a frequency to where they're just visible. I don't really know. But. I've never seen them with my naked eye until, well, at East Eddy was the first time. And, yeah. then, and then here, that's it. Yeah. 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 I, and I think part of that too is we're, it's, we're collectively rising, raising our frequency as well as the frequency of the planet is raising as we are moving through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know this as well as well we're traveling through a certain section of space that is you know assisting us with that that moving us into a faster frequency i really don't think of it so much as higher and lower it's more faster and slower interesting yeah which is the case you know because vibration is all speed yeah but the mm-hmm. higher lower to human brain insinuates um, you know, that something is better than something better else. And worse. It's really not. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. It's to me, it's more of like the, the, it's like the lower vibration that we would call the, like the lower is like, it's just more ignorance is, is all it is. It's yeah. It's, like, it's denser. It's less connection to mm-hmm. the divine, which is what makes up everything, but it's, yeah, it's denser and it's, it's less aware is a way to, I guess, another way to put it. That's that's yeah, really all. The heart it. opens up when yeah. you get into the faster frequencies. The heart opens up, and when that takes place, that you know, because then then you're connecting the heart brain with you know the filing cabinet up here, yeah, yeah. and then it, it just so much more you know opens up and starts happening, you know, exactly. spirit, on a spiritual level at that point. Exactly. So when you see these colors, be these orbs or these balls of color behind people, uh, mm-hmm. are, do you, are you getting any information with that at the same time? Like, are there names? Is it a passed away loved one? Is it what's um, going on there? Do you receive any of that type of information? Um, I do get messages when I'm not one in the regular, I, you know, walking around at the grocery store and stuff. I don't anymore. Um, I did used to, but that's been part of the continuing to working on turning the volume down for me. Um, but, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm, but I do get messages and names when I do somebody's angel portrait, the names though, to to pronounce their full names would take about 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. And they're very tonal, um, almost musical. Um, the Sophagio frequencies are pretty much their, how they communicate with each other. That's their natural language. Um, but the, so the names that they, they give me, um, cause we need something shorter than that 15 to 20 minutes. They spell for me, um, a piece of that. And the pronunciation then is up to the person. I am never to pronounce it for somebody. Um, and they're not usually names like Ruth or Bob or, you know, they're, yeah, yeah, they're very unique. Um, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, and as far as if they are somebody's family members, no, they are typically as it would be extremely rare. This is um, very seldom do angels take physical form. Um, but as a family member could possibly become a spirit guide, because a spirit guide is you know it is. It is very rare that they have not taken physical form. And that's why angels don't always understand things like time very well because they've not experienced it. Where a spirit guide is going to be much more helpful with things like, you know, 
you know, but though if you're asking your angels for help and there is say a time frame involved, you know, give them the act, the full date. Don't just say Friday, you know, give them the actual date of, you know, May 1st, 2020. Yeah. For example, that, you know, that's much more helpful for them, you know, to understand yeah. where we're at. Yeah. And it's, it's funny you say they don't have their, they don't grasp time that well because so many of the like channeled messages that come through, like uh, when they say soon all the time, like when something's going to happen, it's going to be yeah. happening soon. Well, yeah. what, is, what is soon? Soon to them could be. Yeah. Soon to them. Yeah. Cause they don't under, fully understand the difference between tomorrow and three, four years from now. They yeah, understand now. that. Yeah. Exactly. So five. So soon. Soon could be five years from now because if they, they mm -hmm. can if they are if they're aware of their past lives and the, and the, just a just a uh, mass uh, infinity of it all, then that would seem like it's soon five years from now in the right. grand scheme of things. If you if you were to look at it on a visible timeline, mm -hmm. even uh, if you read the law of law of one, Ross says we have. He says, I forget how he words it, but he basically says we have a hard time uh, interpreting your uh, time, basically your mm -hmm. concept of time or space time or however they put mm -hmm. it, um, because they're outside of that. So it's like it's hard for them to to really grasp it, whereas we're inside of it, <laughs> experiencing that, it. So that's weird. part of being being in the denser slower frequencies that we're in right now but you know and moving out of you're moving into a, a different frequencies what we're you know part of what we're going through yeah so do do the colors that you see mean anything different um yes they do um they yeah um they relate to different lessons and different energies that the angels are trying to bring into your life and i know when um, when I do an angel portrait for someone, they get a piece of paper that says that, but all that information is on my website too. But I'm going to be honest, I intentionally do not remember what that piece of paper says so that when I'm setting with someone, I do not project. Because, you know, there's been people where I've done multiple angel portraits for them at this point because um, we've all got minimum three angels with us. And so I don't want to project anything on anybody. So I don't intentionally don't remember what that piece of paper says. Sure. Now, do you see, you might've already answered this, but do you see faces? Can you actually see faces or is it? And no, I don't. And I used to ask a lot of that, you know, ask why about that. And um, they always said it's because I see them more in their pure light form. Yeah, because to me, it's like looking at you imagine that that ray of sunshine that comes down between the clouds, how you can visibly see that ray of sunshine. That's kind of how I see them. And they're they're That's how transparent they are when I see them as well. So I do draw them a little more intensely than I see them. Yeah, that's interesting. And it makes sense, though, to be able to see the light form, because I think if if they're not here in a the physical, they might not have a face, you know. We don't. Right. Really, we don't really know. I mean, they have a face. I I don't know. What well, they might not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're, they're... Yeah, because yeah, I think that orb shape is more where they're the most comfortable, and mm -hmm. it's like then taking different shapes, whether that being the shape that I see them, or even when they once in a while 
um, will even take take that step to make a physical, you know, a human shape. I think it takes energy to do that. Yeah, it does. So oh, they're I they're gonna they're just like us. They're gonna stay in the mo the most comfortable state that they can. You know, whenever yeah, I, that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot yeah. of sense. And when I first started getting into all this stuff years ago, I would always listen to experiencers, testimonies, and, and stuff, and certain people who were connected. And they would say that you know, if one, if something did manifest, and you were able to see something physically, uh, there there must be a reason, a really good reason that they, mm -hmm. because it's not easy for them allegedly. It's not easy for them to take form here because it's so dense and they're, they're not, it's, it actually takes a lot of energy for them to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot of energy is the best way to describe that. Yeah. So if you do see something, it's, they're probably trying to, you know, open <laughs> yeah, they're trying to hit you up the side of the head with a clue by four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. So there's so many questions. The, the whole, extraterrestrial side do you think angels and ets are the same thing spirit guides yeah i think ets are kind of yeah they were function in a frequency that's in between where we are and where where the angels are as far as you know, the speed of that frequency mm -hmm. um yeah i think they function in a you know a very fast frequency or dimension or how whatever you want to word that where IB. ETs were yeah. ET what we think of as ETs function at something in somewhere in between mm -hmm. and and it depends on where they are in that development even you know where which frequency they are functioning at yeah it's go ahead and you say that yeah well I mean that's you know, you hear about uh experiencers and 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 just people witnessing UFOs pop in and out Mm -hmm. Like it's like they're just appearing and disappearing. Well, it's because they're lowering their frequency to to mm -hmm. appear to us in this dimension, and then they, but their natural dimension is probably like five D or whatever you want to call it above, whichever mm -hmm. one above us. Um, but they're able to lower their vibration to appear to us, and yeah. but it's probably yeah, like had, like yeah, you said, it probably energy. takes a lot of energy yeah. for them to do that. So it's not like. It, maybe they can't stay here for that long and that and then they have to go back or like who knows but um but yeah that's why you hear about like interdimensional beings is what right so okay. many ets yeah you know i've had some of those et experiences too <laughs> yeah would you Tyler, you, yeah. you had one right over there in, yeah. our, in this basement well, uh yeah i've had well the inner earth yeah right? i've had quite a few uh which people mm -hmm. have listened and might have heard me talk about some of them uh, and I realized mm -hmm. that, like, it's not that unique. I thought, you know, at first I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I'm special. But then you realize <laughs> it, it's just, it just happens. Well, it, it depends on which crowd you're traveling with, how unique it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exa exactly. exactly. It's only, because, yeah. Would you be uh, interested in touching on some of your experiences? Um, the one for me that was the most vivid um, was, you know, as a kid. I was probably eight, maybe nine. Um, and it was about this time of year. And I, yeah, and my parents were gone and I, we had a babysitter at the house because I'm the oldest as and I had a brother at the time. It was a handful and he was like, still like three. Um, but I was upstairs in my room 
I was getting ready for bed and I look out and it's just, you know, just about dusk. And I see this being walk out of our garage and it's tall enough that it actually had to duck its head to walk out of the garage. And then it's like it, it noticed that somehow sensed that I was, could see it. And it just, it looked up at me and it's like, we just locked eyes and I don't know how long we stood there just staring at each other. Um, and then something clicked in my brain and it's like, and all of a sudden I, you know, I'm going and telling the babysitter that there's somebody out in the garage. I didn't tell him what I saw. I just said that there was somebody out there because it, it just, something clicked that this wasn't right or, you know, wasn't, you know, wasn't normal. Yeah, it was yeah. now um, that I've seen, you know, people talk about different, I was, it's probably what's referred to as um, a tall white. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's really, that's really cool uh, that you're able to see that. Like my experiences are all at night, like are in some type of a dream state or sometime it's, it's, it's not, but it just seems like it happens at night to be able to have one in broad daylight like that is what it seems like. That has to be, well, you were also a kid too. And I think kids can see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kids were tend to be, you know, kids tend to be more open. Yeah. Well, my grandmother just passed away and my, oh, yeah. and my little niece is two. And she, uh, just the other day, she was like, oh, grandma's sitting on the couch. And they're like, no, she's not. And she's like, yeah, she's sitting right over there on the couch. And they're like, really? And like, uh, like, can we talk to her? And she's like, no. <laughs> uh, well, I, w I wasn't actually there, but my dad and my sister told me the story. But she was seen, and, and it's not coincidence that my grandmother just passed, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. she's seen her on the couch. Mm -hmm. But so I think that they children really do. Well, the veil is thinner for them for some reason. Mm -hmm. It also explains why kids can remember their so many times remember their past lives, and they'll start mm -hmm. saying things. You're like, where are you getting this information? And they've actually. Um, there was a guy that like did uh, a bunch of like he he talked to a whole like thousands of kids and they all would say these very specific details of their past lives and then they'd go look it up and it'd be accurate and they'd find the people and even those yeah. like descriptions of how they looked was accurate and all this stuff. Oh yeah. I um, and but like for some reason it's like kids uh, it's like before they get programmed out of that you know before they like get um kind of programmed into the matrix so to speak and they lose right. they kind of like lose those natural abilities uh they're they just naturally can i can heard, see things and yeah, yeah i heard someone like around age seven is when the programming yeah, really well. really kicks mm -hmm. in and they kind of you're you're honestly i mean we keep saying programming but you're programmed away from those abilities you focus they shift your focus on stuff that really in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter and that's how we live our lives out uh mm -hmm. thinking that all this stuff is important when it's, when it's really totally unnecessary right and we're, we're seeing a lot of that come to the surface now and these things don't add up i think mm -hmm. i think school is a huge part of that because think about it yes that's right around right after the age when well, yeah, that's what I mean. In yeah. school, and that's yeah. they're preoccupied now with that, and they're taught this is mm -hmm. what reality is, and this is what's important, what you need to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right about that time where they, you know, shortly after going to school for the full day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
So have you ever come across somebody when you're trying to see their angel? Have you ever seen any negative entities or negative forces around somebody? Um, yeah, I've, I very early on asked this, that I not see things like that unless or have negative you know, information to give somebody unless I could do something to be of assistance to help, you know, to, you know, if there's something, you know, say, you know, about an illness or an accident that I not see that unless I could do something to help or prevent that. Um, I have seen beings that are, they're more neutral where, you know, that have been, they're with somebody to help them through a certain experience or learn a certain lesson, but they really, they're not invested one way or the other. Sure, sure. But yeah, yeah, and there, you know, sometimes people project that, you know, an angel is negative because, you know, they've been trying to hit them upside the head with that clue by four and they haven't, that person hasn't been getting it. So they put, you know, a big event that we in our human perspective think of as negative, you know, for example, a car accident mm -hmm. to try and get them to slow down and take care of them, better care of themselves. And, you know, we view it as negative, but, you know, we finally learned the lesson that we need to take better care of our, our physical body. That's a fantastic yep. point. I'm glad you said that. Uh, kind of like this pandemic right now. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's upset uh -huh. about it disrupting their lives, but what's it doing? What yeah, it yeah we're reconnecting with our families and our friends and exactly. reevaluating who, what, you know, and how we spend our time, you know, what things are in our life, how we, you know, what we do. What's you know, really important. Evaluating all that stuff right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that catalyst, uh, you know, like you said, the car accident might be a catalyst for that person, but it's like a planet-wide catalyst. It's, it's really, yeah. it, mm -hmm. and it, it, as negative as it might appear to be, I really think a lot of positive stuff is going to come out of this. Yeah, that potential is definitely there, and it's up to us if that's what we want to create. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And the more of us focusing on that, and stepping into doing that in our personal lives, the more that's going to be projected in the world around us. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yep. You create your own reality. We say it all the time, mm -hmm. but it's, once you know how to, once you realize you have that power, it, mm -hmm. it's not so outlandish anymore. You can really, you can do tests. You can start, okay, I'm going to try, I'm going to try something and you can see the results and you can start working with that and, and really create what you need and what you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Our and choices are so important and yeah, you know, starting with your attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Would you, I'm curious, so you've had, did you say you had two near-death experiences? Uh-huh, yeah, one at four and a second one at six. And, wow. Yes. Young. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. Jeez. And how vivid are those memories? Is it? Um, yeah, the, I'm sure I've lost pieces of you know, the experience over time, but they're still fairly vivid. Yeah. Is there anything, like, in particular that that you saw that is just like you never forgot and because one one when i was a kid i was one you know 
we were pretty much free to, free to roam the farm and you know you went back to the house when it was bedtime when it was and when you were hungry pretty much yes. and i was notorious for finding the nest of baby rabbits and baby mice or and turtles or you know whatever so one of the main things that they you know just to kind of occupy me through the experience and to make me feel comfortable they asked me if i wanted to see the world through the eyes of the animals so and and it started out you know it's like i so i went from animal to animal starting out with animals i was familiar with you know growing up on the farm but um and i eventually ended up yeah in in an experience where i was yeah actually swimming in the sea and it's and it's like i just kept getting into larger and larger be you know animals so i must have been in a whale and then yeah all of a sudden i'm out and yeah from there it's like i'm not swimming in the ocean anymore i'm swimming in space and then they took me back to what i must have been before i you know took physical form took on the you know these gloves um it's, it's like i was going off somewhere with my group of other beings which i can only now relate to also as, as being other angels was going to be an angel and there was a group of me and two others that were pulled back going hey wait a minute we want you to come do this right. and they we were shown how things would go if we stepped in to assist and how things would go if we didn't um i did obviously chose to um you know come here and assist and be what they called a planet creator um the other two beings chose not to that's incredible and i remember yeah that is probably the, some of the most vivid part um, the second one, I do vaguely remember asking about things they were telling me in Sunday school that to me didn't make sense. Like I couldn't, yeah. And one of the questions I was always asking at Sunday school was, "How long is God's day?" And because it didn't make sense to me that God's because God's bigger than us, so God's day must be longer than us uh, than ours. <laughs> in my child mind, that's made sense to me. He created time, so how can he be yeah. bound by time? Yeah. Right. That, sense. Uh, that just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was always like, I grew up in church. I grew up in a Baptist church in a very Christian family. Literally in um, the basement of a church. Literally in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no, I grew but, up um, in Luther, so. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. Pretty similar. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember, like, probably around, like, middle school age where, like, Kid, we we first really started asking questions of like, okay, all the scientists are saying the Earth is like millions or billions of years old, and there seems to be like, but God says it's only six. He created six days. What's up? With, and then the answer was always, well, a day to God could be thousands of years. You know, it's he's not he's not bound by his own. Well, you just answered. You just answered yeah. her question. Yeah. And, and that always yeah. made sense to me. And I was always uh -huh. like, oh, okay, because you know, there was, but then there was like the people that believe no earth was literally made in six or yeah, 6,000 years old or whatever. Yeah. yeah that, um, which is not, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the evidence points to that, mm -hmm. that being true, but it's like, 
it's not, you know, that's when it comes down to like, that was kind of my first ever like time where I was like, oh, you can like interpret uh, things in a different way. It's not like, you know, things that were taught to me, mm-hmm. it's up to me to interpret like, what does that mean? Not just like accept what I'm told it is, you know? It's yeah. Like, I want to, I want to ask you about, um, your experience. You said you, you were like, you know, seeing through the eyes of a whale and, mm-hmm. and then eventually like you were underwater and then you were in outer space in the universe. Yeah. And we've always, I, we've heard, you know, whales and dolphins are extraterrestrial and I've heard, uh, that they, you know, reside in other planets and they literally portal hop underwater and people have claimed claimed to witness dolphins and mm-hmm. whales disappearing like that and people who've touched in tune or are in tune like joan ocean in hawaii uh claims that she she's been told that they they live in uh, europa under the ice in europa there's a, a whole whale mm-hmm. dolphin civilization there so the fact that you say you were seen through the eyes of a whale and then you were in space all of a sudden is really interesting to me because what if you did go through that portal and they were trying to show you that, you know, we don't just exist here. And that that's really hard for people to wrap their heads around the possibility mm-hmm. of that. But I, I really think there's something to it. I agree. I really do. Yeah. It and, took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around that part of the experience and to be honest i'm not sure i fully have yet sure sure and it's well it's just how can you you know it's really it's it's Mm -hmm. maybe you're not supposed to i don't know i i don't know i look forward to when i'll be able to yeah you know whenever that is yeah it's uh, so just real quick on the dolphin and whale thing, I just, uh, while I was in Hawaii last year and swimming with the dolphins and they were telling us stories like, well, for one, if you look down, it's like you could almost see like these orbs like in the water. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. And these, and there was like a light source like down below, like you can, it was like a source of light, but you couldn't tell where it was coming from it was really weird it seemed like it should be pitch black when you looked down but it wasn't and they they would all tell stories of uh, seeing you know they mainstream tells us that dolphins go and like go they don't know where they go at night nobody knows where they go at night nobody actually knows what they feed on like besides from like some small documented accounts we all take it for granted because you know we feed them fish at the zoo but in the wild uh, and people have claimed to see them g- enter these portals, just disappear, come and go through these portals. So at night, maybe they're heading back to Europa. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, maybe. I know I went way off there. Sorry. Yeah. And, and I know one of the things I've thought about too is in when they are allowed to be in the wild and they're, you know, and they feed more on what's referred to in some of the ancient texts as prana or mm-hmm. light energy where one that that they actually those that are in captivity are being forced to function at a little bit slower frequency and that's when they take on makes sense yeah eating fish or whatever it is we feed you know humans feed them yeah yeah 
And it's the, the people, the testimony of people who've gone and swam in that water in Hawaii with the dolphins, uh, all have like miraculous healings take place. A lot of I've, people- I've heard stories like that. It's not something I've been able to experience just yet. Yeah. I look forward to doing that at some point. Yeah. But it's just something that what I'm trying to get at is there's more, there's a lot more to them and they're a lot more intelligent than uh, yes. I think we give them credit for. Uh, their brains are actually larger than ours. So, you know, if nothing else, their file cabinet's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they have the sonar. Obviously, they can see with mm-hmm. the sonar and everything. But, okay, man, I'm going to keep going on this. And I've well, heard stories of people like telepathically communicating with the dolphins. Yeah. And, uh, and tell empathically where you can, like, pick up on what they're feeling and then they're feeling what you're yeah. feeling. And, yeah. Well, according to something I heard Corey Good say in our old cosmic disclosure is that they would do t- tests with dolphins like off planet. They would have uh, these facilities where they would set up mazes for the dolphin and it would be pitch black and they would see if they would, you know, they can, they would always get through. There was one, there was a dead end. One way there was like five dead ends and one way out. And after the first way, after the first time of finding their way through just via sonar, uh, they would always, they would change it up. They wanted to know if they would, could figure it out. If they were just, they, they, they realized that there's an intuitive ability there. They would know, like some, they would always know the right way to go. After a certain point, they, they just knew which way was open, every, even when they would change it, which, isn't again in theory that's what's happening and i think we have humans have those abilities too we're just learning how to use them and just like yeah just like any other you know anything you want to do you need to practice yeah Yeah, and yeah and that's part of what i think meditation is gonna you know is something can help you be the first steps of learning how to do things like that You've got to learn how to listen. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a great point. I think uh, we all have those abilities. I really do. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, and it's it's so easy to never know about it either. You know, mm-hmm. we you know you see some of these magicians out there who uh, are doing really miraculous stuff. I know some of it's just purely sleight of hand illusion, but some stuff. Right. I wonder if some of these people are actually tapping into these abilities and it's just a normal ability they just discovered mm-hmm. and it's not really magic. I don't know. Yeah. Aaron? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, uh, um, you know, we all, like, like you said, we all actually have these abilities. We're just, um, we're kind of like in a dumbed down state where we're, it's been like it's the knowledge has been lost somehow and we have to like re come into that. Um, and it takes practice, like you said, and it takes uh, will and um, you know, yeah, some intent and intent. And, yeah. And, and you know, a little bit of time, but it will happen if you, if you stick with it and yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, we're all psychic. We just, yeah, we just we're have all psychic. We're all empathic. Yeah. Yeah. We're all we empathic. Just, well, and, and that's a great point too. You can't just like sit down one time and try it and have no success and give up. I think it's about proving to yourself and proving to your guides who might be able to help you also with that. 
proving to whoever the universe prove that you are determined and that you really are serious about this. The right. same way with making contact, if you're really seeking ET contact, and there there's ways to achieve that uh, by putting yourself in the right state and meditating. But if you do it one time and give up, it's like, you know, you're not proving to anybody anything. You have to be consistent and show them that you're serious. And this is what you want to do. And you want to tap into these abilities. You want to be that person that can help. And not, not just by tapping into the ability, not, what am I trying to say? You don't want to just do it selfishly. You want to do it also to mm -hmm. help other people. And if you can, and if you show them that, I think, I think that's where you start seeing results. Yeah. And yeah. one of the things people need to know too, is there's many different types of ways to meditate. Just if one method doesn't work for you, just try a different method. And I know I even, I, I don't use the same method every single day because if I did, I, I'd get bored. So yeah. I, you know, I'll do different methods at different times, you know, just to change things up. You yeah. know, walking in nature can be a meditation. Running the vacuum cleaner because that gives you some white noise and everybody has a tendency to leave me alone when you're vacuuming. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that when my kids were little because otherwise, you know, it was always, Mom, I need this. <laughs> well, when I va was vacuuming, everybody left me alone. <laughs> so it was a great, yeah, that was a type of meditation at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. So don't get stuck in one method. Try different things. Mm -hmm. And somebody once told me that you don't, like you just said it, you don't have to close your eyes to meditate. Especially no. if, like, if you're like, uh, and sit in the lotus position, or, yeah. yeah, you're in, you can. if you're sitting on a private beach and you're looking at the waves or you're laying in the sand and there's like a palm tree and you can just watch that leaf blowing in the wind, like that can be your meditation. Mm -hmm. You can take in the beauty. You don't have to close yourself off, close your eyes to, you know, that all the time. Yeah. You can look at a beautiful painting. You can. Yeah, an, an image of something that, you know, if there's a, a picture of someplace you want to be, so you can kind of visualize being there, if yeah, that, that's what you'd like to experience. Yeah, music, different types of music can be very meditative, different frequencies. Staring, yeah, yeah staring into a fire or staring at a yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, sometimes you see shapes in fire. If you take pictures of fires, you know, sometimes it's like clouds. There's always some type of shape there. Uh, mm -hmm. So you stare long enough, you really start getting like, you start zoning out. It's really. Yeah. One of the most profound meditations I ever did was staring in the stars. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's funny whenever you stare long enough, it's like uh, distance. It, it's kind of like, you can't tell how far away it is or how close it is. Mm -hmm. And this like all starts merging together. It, it's, I don't know. It's just, maybe that's just my experience with it. You become one. With, yeah. 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 Everything. <laughs> so is there anything else about your artwork in particular that we didn't touch on that you want more people to know about? Oh, we've talked about so many things in this short time. Yeah. We did. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't though. think of anything in particular right off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, okay, so if somebody wanted to reach you, uh, they find you on the website or your Facebook page? or um, I am on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I did, I've just started being a little more active with my YouTube channel. But you can find links to all that on my website, which is SusanWalterArt.com. 
Beautiful. Awesome. And I just, I'm probably more than likely going to reach out to you for my own session. I'm very curious. Yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah. And so you're just, just so people who don't know, so you, the artwork, we'll be putting it up on the screen. So you're painting a figure that you see standing behind somebody, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, yeah, um, I, the angel portraits, um, I, I draw those with color pencil um, on watercolor paper that has, um, I do a, a, a watercolor wash ahead of time on the paper. So even what color paper they have, they guide me to use um, has meaning even, yeah. Um, and something that I've only been seeing for a little over a year now, because they, you know, this continues to evolve for me as well but I'm now starting to see some sort of, I guess it's some sort of light language and it usually starts at the throat and goes down the center of the body. And that's always a message like from the angels to your higher self. So it's not something you need to consciously know what it means. Um, but that's just adding a whole new level to what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, sorry, my dog just started barking and I got distracted. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what I was going to say. The uh, uh, that was going to be my next question: the light language or symbols. I was going to ask you if you got any symbols came through that you were able to actually paint or draw, and but you kind of just answered that. Yeah, I've been just doing that for a little over a year now. So yeah, that's nice. yeah. Well, that's super awesome that you're uh, tapping into that ability and and doing something with it because I think it's it's really exciting. You know that if somebody has a place to reach out and do this uh, and just by you you providing your service it could really kickstart somebody on their on their path you know like wow this is really something there's really something to this so thank you for doing that we all have um you know our abilities and it's you know we really need to bring them forth and share them with each other at this time because it's it's part of what's going to help us through these changes yeah yeah and I mean, I was, I'm not just thinking about, you know, what's going on, you know, in front of us in the news and things right now, but the energetic part of the changes that we're going through. That's, I think, the most important part of what, you know, all this is about. I couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. And so Same. we kind of touched on what's happening right now with this whole uh, pandemic, is what people are calling it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's uh, a good word for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny. We have to come up with new ways to say things now so we don't get censored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's true. I like, I like the fact that you're focusing on the energetic level of it. I've been saying this a lot. It's so easy to get caught up in like all this surface level stuff that I think mm-hmm. in a very short period of time, people are going to look back and realize like it might not have been worth the energy to really be getting that involved into every little move and, and thing that's taking place every day. And, you know, this news article, this is happening. You know, we all, we are, it's exciting. People want to know what's going on, but also we're forgetting about the big picture. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not everybody, but you know where I'm going with this. Right. Yeah. Let's not get stuck on that little screen that, you know, hangs on the wall and what's going on in there and what's, generally referred to as the mainstream yeah don't get stuck on that there's so much more going on behind the scenes 
that, you know, because anytime the news is talking about this thing over here, you know, there's something else going on over here that they don't want us to look at. Um, and, uh, but don't even get stuck on that, you know, focus yeah. on this. Yes. And connecting with the other people that, are, you know, that are important in our lives. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and I know, and I agree with that for one big reason is because I, there's so much information out there and there's people I love listening to and there's certain places I go for this information. But I, I do too. And I get to certain points where I, I almost just totally lose a desire to, to seek it out. I just like, even though I want to hear, it's like my, I'm being guided away from it temporarily. Like it's not necessary. You need to go outside, go on mm -hmm. a hike, go do this. doesn't matter if you're up to date with every little thing. You know, you know, it's right. just, it's something, uh, it's just really something I've noticed that, you know, just, mm -hmm. it's nice to take a break from that. Or sometimes I'm just guided. I'm like, you know, I just don't, I just can't sit here and watch this or listen to this right now. As much as I want to, I should want to know about this. I'm just not being guided towards it. It's interesting how it works. Yeah, that's, it's not the most important thing that's taking place. Mm -hmm. So what, well, what is? <laughs> connecting yeah yes connect yeah not just with each other but with ourselves because so many of us have even forgotten who we are or only focus on you know our roles as a mother or a father or a friend you know we need to focus on you know the relationship with ourselves too mm -hmm. yep finding out who you are yeah that's a great mm -hmm. yeah and what's what's most important Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I, and I, that's something I think we've all learned throughout our journey through, through this mm -hmm. awakening, awakening to this new reality is that uh, the reason things didn't work out in the past, the stuff we used to like, the people we were attracted to, everything is because we didn't know, we didn't even know who we were. So how could you mm -hmm. know that this certain type, this person is your type? or that you liked this style of music or whatever, until you really truly tap into who you are, uh, you start seeing things for what they are and your whole reality changes. And that's what we're all going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, is, well, I don't know. So I guess we'll go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Um, I guess, I don't know. I never know if this timer is accurate or not. How long have we actually been going? It's pretty uh, close. Yeah. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, about an hour. Yeah, pretty close to an hour. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. Um, please, everyone, go check out her Facebook page, her website. Uh, reach out to her, book a session, have her draw your angel, or whatever it might, whatever it might show up. Yeah, whatever yeah, other artwork you might be drawn to, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so do you want to plug plug your stuff one last time just remind us one last time where to find you um yes yeah, susanwalterart.com is where you'll find information about the angel portraits the saphagio frequencies um or any other of uh, the meditative art that i've created awesome. and continue to work on as i look across my big studio to the east it's calling me to do next beautiful nice yeah, everyone, please go check that out. Uh, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Uh, it was a great conversation. Yeah, it was fun. You, you guys taught me some stuff too, so thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> well, um, it, thank you. That's I. That's what it's about, really. I guess. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, and just real quick, uh, Aaron and I will be at Camp Disclosure at the end of August. It's a conference in Asheville, North Carolina, August twenty seventh through the thirty first. Tickets are on sale now. We will have a Journey to Truth Experiences Lounge uh, set up. We'll be doing a lot of cool stuff, giving away some free stuff, uh, just talking with people, hanging out with fans, friends. James Gilland is going to be there, uh, Simon Esler, Alex Bloom, Matthew Morning, Desiree Foley, Jace, and Alexis. Uh, there's a lot of people, uh, people, a lot of familiar names uh, speaking. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I was trying to look at my calendar to see if I could come to that too. Yeah, nice. it'll be fun. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Yeah, we'll have the link in the description below to the website where you can go purchase tickets and check it out and see if it's uh, for you. But it seems like it's going to be really cool. And uh, it's still developing and it's still a ways out. But uh, yeah, check oh, it there out. There are limited tickets also. I think they're. It's only going to be about 250, 300 people. Well, it said two two twenty two was the tickets originally, but they've already sold like twenty something. Yeah. So it's a little okay. under two hundred now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so if you feel guided, uh, go check it out. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again, Susan, for coming on. This was really amazing. Thank you for what you do, and uh, your art is beautiful. Thank you. And please, please feel free to share any new pieces with me or anything. Uh, I, I, okay. I really think it's all. I really think it's awesome. I really do. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Good afternoon. It's not. <laughs> I can't it's not say night. Good night. You can't yeah. say good night. All right. <laughs> bye, guys.